0: Hi everybody, you're listening to the new Dayton podcast. I'm your host, Chip James, and I'm setting out to shine a light on some of the amazing things happening in and around our great city. On the podcast, you'll hear from exciting people who see Dayton as a city of opportunity and are taking an active role in creating a new Dayton where small businesses and individuals can thrive. Thanks so much for joining me. Let's get to today's episode. Today we went downtown and got to speak with David Williams and Francis Curran Minone from Cross Street Partners, the group that is responsible for the financing and really the entire uh, revitalization of the Dayton Arcade. If you're anything like me, you've heard the words Dayton Arcade and you've wondered what is that or is it actually an arcade? And the answer to that I'm happy to report is no. It's, it's not an arcade where you'd go play video games, but it is an arcade that is an homage to arcades from the early 1900s, which were basically city centers. They were these amazing spaces or these city blocks in the middle of town where you would basically go to do everything. You would uh, meet friends and go to parties. You would uh, go for food or drink or for shopping. And in 2020, the Dayton Arcade is returning to that. Maybe the coolest part about the Dayton Arcade is what you'll hear people talk about, and it's the rotunda. It's this uh, amazing glass ceiling that is 90 feet in diameter and really steals the show. I think we're gonna see so many people want to have business launchings and weddings and special events at night underneath the rotunda. It's really gonna make the Dayton Arcade. So excited to hear about what's coming. You're talking about a local brewery, local coffee shop. You're talking about rental housing opportunities, uh, the innovation and creative spaces, the art center and galleries, uh, uh, public event spaces like we talked about underneath the rotunda, uh, the kitchen incubator, a possible fresh food market, tons and tons of retail space. Just so many great opportunities at the Dayton Arcade. So, that's enough chit chat from me about the Dayton Arcade. Obviously, I'm excited and I can't wait to be a regular visitor. Let's get to the conversation with the people who actually know what they're talking about David Williams and Francis Kern Minot. All right, thank you guys for the hard hat tour. It really is a special place. Um, Francis, why don't you jump in first and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: I did consulting work as a special, uh, as a uh, working on um, specialized financing on various projects. Um, I w- was integral in the origination of the concept that was the redevelopment of Champion Paper in Hamilton, Ohio. Okay. And that's a huge campus that's getting redeveloped into the second largest indoor sports complex in the United States. Wow. But um, that that led me into this field where but i I like complex stuff but at any rate special projects is is really what i do um so and then start working for cross street
0: okay so within cross street partners you've been involved for how long
1: two years david i like to describe that david is sort of the heart and soul of the downtown uh, of the arcade project for sure he's been at it for a long time um and i was just the eye candy no, I was just the muscle that came in at the end to try and help get it closed,
0: but... And they let you be involved even with your Xavier background?
1: Yeah, exactly. They let me be involved with yeah. that. I don't it was tell, dicey, I don't tell very I many people that. that. Yeah. Um, but no, I, it's, I, I knew I wanted to get involved in this project as soon as I saw it happening, because it is, it is huge for Dayton.
0: Okay, and David Williams, Mr. Dayton, tell us a little bit about your background.
2: Uh, so I work for Cross Street Partners and one of the development member team members, uh, local to Dayton, probably actually the only local person in the entire group. Even our contractors, our other partners, um, I'm the only Dayton guy. Okay. But have been playing downtown for a while, as we had talked earlier. You know, seeing the opportunities and really trying to figure out how to make it work. Um, the challenge is that our marketplace doesn't always let us move quite as fast as everybody else. Mm -hmm. So when we were starting to look at, so in 2013, um, citywide slash the city of Dayton was trying to figure out what to do with all the empty buildings on Main Street. Because if you drive up Main Street, your experience is marginal, right? It's not terrible. But if you walk up Main Street, there's nothing there. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And we have a lot of empty, old, historic buildings. And the conversation was, well the way to solve for all of our vacancy issues is let's just start tearing buildings down. And we're like, really? And so what we were asked to do was figure out, first of all, are these buildings worth saving? And if they are, how do we do it? And at the end of the day, it's always about the money. So you have to really show them where the money comes from. So we talk about all the sources that it took for the arcade. We, most people didn't understand. And there's some new sources in town that we brought into play since this has all started that are, were key to the Arcade's success in getting its financing.
1: Are you familiar with the story that or had you known that one of the previous owners of the Arcade purchased it or found it? He was not from, since he was not from Dayton and he found it on eBay.
0: No, I was not aware, please share.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so Gunther Berg is, is actually an East German. Um, very interesting fellow, but he does, in East Germany, would do redevelopment work. Europe has done adaptive reuse far better than we have. They, have. they have constraints of geography and space that just forced them probably more into it, but they also value it more. That They value their historic stuff better than we do. At any rate, that's his history. He's from East Germany. He immigrated to the United States. He was living in Wisconsin. And the historic facade that is where the sleeping giant is right now um, has a unique aesthetic to it. He was looking for bricks to purchase to for a building he was trying to rehab in Wisconsin. Saw a, the image of this building being for sale on eBay. Uh, traveled to Dayton to take a look at the space. And as soon as he got here and started looking around, he said, this is the best thing that this city has. Wow. We're not gonna tear, I'm not tearing this down. I'm not buying this building for bricks. That would be terrible. Um, and it was he that then led the early stages of trying to say, hey, city, at that point you're trying to, this is about when the um, task force was getting put together, but it was, it was leadership like that that an ownership I should say he eventually wound up purchasing the building he didn't tear it down Wow! Um, with,
2: with a lot of help from the old guard a lot of
1: help the, from the old guard the people that
2: remember the arcade and the way that it was used many years ago that said this has got to be something that we save mm-hmm. yeah. and so there was a lot of local money raised um, and outside but money again that just people said alright we got we gotta put enough money to be able to buy this thing just so it doesn't get torn down.
0: It's funny that somebody that wasn't from here Saw the value. Saw the value. That was eh.
2: the 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 locals tend to have watched 30 years of decline. Yeah, right? they've seen a downward spiral. They don't know what an ascension looks like. Sure. So, having to convince somebody that's been involved in projects like this all over the country that the ascension is possible is much easier than taking a pe- bunch of people that have watched their downtown just disappear over time and the places that they remember that are shut down, thinking, no, this can never happen again.
0: Safe to say that if someone from outside of our town can come here and see the value, uh, folks who have been looking for uh, a a breath of fresh air downtown, especially when it's done, will see that, realize it, and, and really get behind it.
1: One of the things that attracted me to this particular project is the fact that the Arcade is a super unique space for downtown Dayton um and and i think that that if if we are going to renew and revitalize ourselves we can't be trying to be somebody else Mm -hmm. right so the arcade is widely known as a downtown dayton institution absolutely um and so in terms of impact i think as people think about downtown too they often go back in their brains to well Downtown's looking great, but the arcade's still a disaster. Downtown's great, but the arcade's still empty. And when's the arcade going to come back? Right. Um, and so I, to as an extent, we, we're having yeah. to lift that back up as well. Like we can't. We want to have the arcade lit and active, right. because that means for Daytonians a successful downtown.
2: Well, no, it means that. It means that anything can get done. Everybody's looked at this as the undoable project, mm-hmm. right? You pull the arcade off, that takes off all the governors and that we can go on anything. Sure, I agree because with that. Because this, is, this yeah. is absolutely the, as we say, this, the sleeping giant, the giant in everybody's minds that nobody's been able to wake up. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one other quick thing, though, when, one of the other things that we've been also designing into this is a lot about sustainability, and you know the most sustainable thing you can do is redevelop old buildings. Uh, we're also tapping the aquifer, you know, the city of Dayton sits on one of the major aquifers in the United States, using that for geothermal heating and air conditioning. Part of our, our financing ties into the sustainability and the steps that we made to make this project not only economically functional operationally, but also innovative in taking old technologies sometimes, make them new technologies, and bring them into a great old facility.
0: Wow. Ultimately, when people read about this arcade, I think their, their main question is, what is it?
1: What cool was place. it or what will it be? What
0: will it be?
2: Well, I think it's the coolest place in downtown. Always has been and soon will be. Um, what we're doing is we're taking a really cool, old historic structure and bring it in back to life with a 2020 twist, right? Mm-hmm. Ironically, our mix, of all the uses that are here are the same thing that was put in 1902. Mm -hmm. We've got housing, we have office, and we have retail. Mm -hmm. And we're going to throw a little innovation into that and that's really what we're going to end up with. um, Mixed with an irreplaceable structure. So you create an environment that is cool and not just walking into a drywall box Mm -hmm. that's lining the streets. Um, All of a sudden you've got a new dynamic and a one-of-a-kind location, regionally if not nationally. It's not. This isn't a mall. Mm-hmm. This it's is not a mall. This is this is a retail hub in downtown. We we'll call it retail for whatever that term mm-hmm. is anymore. But it's really about a place that if I'm going to go to work up here, I might. Pop in the arcade, grab a quick bite of breakfast, grab a cup of joe, or meet somebody over here. Schedule meetings there. Yeah. Or if I'm meeting somebody up in the Innovation Hub, we can Mm -hmm. do that. The other thing is, it's an an amazing event space. Mm -hmm. So there's two elements to this. There's actually three elements that would be event space oriented. One is the rotunda, which we walked through today. We talked about that lower, you saw that hole in the floor. Yep. We're turning that into a um, black box theater called The Tank. Okay. So you have that event space, you got the rotunda, and then you'll have the arcade. And you got this connection. It's also a huge connector from north part of downtown to the south part of downtown.
0: Francis, can you talk about the rotunda? I think that's the thing that people are going to really focus in on. It's the most Instagram-worthy piece of this (laughs) equation. Uh, Talk to me just generally about the rotunda.
1: So the rotunda in in and of itself is sort of the reason why I think people would want to Visit the space, or spend more time here by way of of, of either visiting the uh, retail that's going on, or have a have an air in play with the event center. There has been that rotunda is so widely known to most da- older Daytonians, I should say. Um, we heard a number of times about people um, how people have gotten en- engaged underneath that thing, and how mm-hmm. it's been it's been. There are so many memories associated with it, but until about. Until we started the redevelopment effort, the no of that a large percentage of Daytonians had never even seen it before. Mm-hmm. Um, the younger crowd had not seen it, and so it is the in the center of the block mm-hmm. you can't see it from the street right so from a development standpoint, it is our as i was saying earlier it's our one of our best assets but it's also our biggest one of our biggest challenges mm. how do you make that work well inside your development a giant atrium is great is essentially what it is right but how are people going to appreciate and, and connect with it
0: mm-hmm. and the arcade is not an arcade it is not where people go to play games correct
2: that's correct <laughs> nah, it depends on what kind of games you're talking
0: about. We
1: talk, I mean, that an, an urbanist might have a better idea as to what you would, how you would define arcade, but I think I, in my head is how I explained it the best, uh, this is how I'm constantly trying to simplify things that are complicated, but I think arcade in the 19, around the turn of the century was essentially the urban mall.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't really want to associate though, the mall is such a bad sure. word at this point, um, but
0: I think if it's the it, easiest it, correlation if it were defined to me as a uh, smart destination for many things that I would do on my day in my daily life, whether it's uh, meet a friend, have a business meeting, get a coffee, um, visit a locally owned business, a, a Dayton small business, um, you know, go on a date. Uh, plan an event, I mean it's all of those things, right? Yeah. Throw a wedding. Yeah. Throw a wedding.
1: And we, we very much appreciate an effort of, such as this, just to sit down and t- be able to talk it through and have a conversation about what's going on because David and I are in the weeds all day long. Mm-hmm. And we see it, we, I mean, uh, when I drive back and forth from Cincinnati to come up to to do this work up here, it's easy to forget the impact because we're in the middle of the tornado that is the arcade. Sure. Um, but there is a lot more going on here than we So another,
2: another twist to it is we've been talking about innovation for the most part in retail. What we haven't been talking about is the arts side of it. And, and that's a big part of where Cross Street goes with this. The arts he, is that what you The said? Art arts side, right. Yeah. So, so the whole idea of this innovation plan is arts and innovation. And again, it's to put unlike disciplines in a room and create some really cool
0: outcomes. When you say uh, unlike disciplines, People so, from uh, yeah. so
2: an artist and an engineer,
0: right? An artist, an engineer,
1: a designer, uh, yeah. uh, a scientist, uh, yeah. and then all of a sudden you that uh, all of a
2: sudden you come up with Square. If you if you know the story behind Square, the little thing you put on your phone, that is exactly how it came about. There was a guy that had an idea. There was somebody who knew how to write code. There was somebody that knew how to design what it would look like, and between all of that all of a sudden you've got Square and a major business.
1: And Square happened in one of our, Square was a, uh, the, that, that the, was a, an outcome centers. of yeah. one of the Cambridge Innovation Centers. Wow. Started in Boston, but they've spread out around the country. Um, that was developed in St. Louis at the Cincinnati, or the, excuse me, the St. Louis iteration of the Cambridge Innovation Center.
2: The hardest challenge you have with anybody that's doing a startup is maybe not their ideas, it's just turning their ideas into a viable business. Mm-hmm. And most of them have, know how to cook a great burger mm-hmm. or you know, do a great right. job on your hair, but do they know how to run the business? And right. so a lot of what we'll do as a developer and what Cross Street does, is we understand that, we prepare for that, and ultimately hope to help them grow a business that's successful.
0: Here within the arcade.
2: Within the arcade, within all of our, it's just our overall strategy.
0: I would like to maybe say, and we're kind of wrapping up, but like we can get into when when people can start to um, not necessarily see progress because they're not inside, they're not putting on the hard hat and walking around, but when they can expect this to become a reality. So I'll ask you about that.
2: Well, I think the first reality is going to be when the hub starts to move in, which yeah. is June of next year.
0: That's your first...
2: That's, that's the first big move in. Mm-hmm. We actually are planning to have the rotunda completed prior to that, but the big move in will be when the hub starts to move in. And Simultaneously you should see a fair amount of activity with new storefronts at the first floor level. You'll see Masons cl- climbing facade. all over the yeah. building on the facades. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean when you have all these high detailed buildings It's a hugely challenging project to bring it all together. There's more involved
0: than just power washing. Oh my gosh,
1: yes. Yeah, and the board's coming out of the windows. The two Mm -hmm. towers that are residential, who wants to see a downtown with boards all up and down the tower? Those towers we no longer have sheetrock.
0: When we we talk residential, so everybody knows, we're talking about uh, I have the ability to buy a condo near the Uh arcade or I have the ability to rent an apartment near the arcade or as a part of the arcade.
2: You can always buy a condo near the arcade. Mm-hmm. You can't buy one in the arcade. Okay. The arcade is rental. It's part of the financing that we talked about, the workforce housing slash the creatives. Do we know housing. how many space? 110 units.
0: 110 okay. rental units right. and they start renting when?
2: They'll probably, my guess is they'll start to do leasing about the same time we start to open up our commercial space. Uh, probably June, July, August of next
0: year. Of 2020. 2020, yes. That's really helpful information I think for people. Yeah. And as far as uh, when you foresee this being, when is your job complete, if ever?
2: Mm, it really, you know, it depends. <laughs> depends on what we roll into because we've rolled in from the finance side. Now it's the execution side. It's the leasing side. Mm-hmm. Um, complete would be with all spaces filled and the thing singing. But we've also got the North Arcade that will for- fall shortly after this. Mm. So as we're wrapping say the development side up on the South Arcade, we're already rolling into the development, so that's phase two, Mm -hmm. and that'll be another probably 34 units of housing. Mm -hmm. That'll be micro lofts, um, cool 400 to 600 square foot lofts, integrated into the arcade. so when you guys were on top of that bridge and kinda looking down the arcade, Mm -hmm. there's two sides to it, and there'll be units up there. So, probably, realistically, end of 21 when we'll say the bulk of the project's done.
0: Well, it's interesting when people say, prove it. When I say downtown is is back or it's surging or it's a renaissance and they say, prove it, you grasp at different things, breweries, sold out Dayton Dragons games, but I don't think anything will be able to prove it quite like this place opening up again and thriving. That will be everyone's prove it moment.
2: I hope so. I think I mean, so. mean, if not, it'll get them close, right? Yeah. This is why I like Chip's effort.
1: I mean, you have to do something about saving downtown. What are you going to do? Just shrug and walk away from it? it it's only going to just, you're only going to be managing your decline, is a way to phrase it, too. You've got to do something instead of just sitting there and expecting others.
0: The economics of in. a region yeah. are so dependent on your downtown core. Yeah. Yeah. And someone who lives in the suburbs may not realize that. It. But it's a hundred percent true. I don't get it. Your only, your region, your town, if you will, your Greater Dayton area is only as strong as your downtown, and that's why so much of this podcast in the early phases are going to be focused on the downtown movements like yeah. this.
2: And then we get always those great stories in the national media about the right. opioid or whatever, whatever that's it may be. They don't tell the story. That's what motivated
0: this yeah. podcast. Yeah. So I stopped watching that PBS special and said, I'm doing a podcast. And I'm I'm shining a light on the actual side of it that we all see. You can see that. We can both look at a cup of coffee, and one of us is going to say, that's a good cup of coffee. And the other one can say, that's terrible, right? And it's the same thing when you look at a town. You can point out that one side of it that may or may not be prevalent, but I can point out this whole other side, and that's what we're going to do. Great. Thank you guys so much for taking the time today. I know you're super busy, and we just so appreciate it.
1: Thank you, it's been awesome. Great having you guys, hope you enjoyed it.
0: Thank you so much. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends. Take a screenshot and share it on Instagram or Facebook. Subscribe and leave us a review, that would be so great. Please help us spread the word about New Dayton. To connect with me or share a guest recommendation, visit the website choosingdayton.com forward slash New Dayton. You can also find me on Instagram, at chip underscore james or email me at chipjames at gmail.com and i'd really like to give a special shout out to katie matthews for producing and editing the podcast and to john waldron for creating all of the awesome music for this podcast thank you so much for tuning in today see you next time